Each of the 12 Shvatim had a Nasi, a so-called prince or representative, and you would think that their job was to represent just their tribe. Well, if you read Rashi, you see that there's a lot more to it. Even Baza, commenting on the Pasuk that says, Eile keru these who are summoned before the community, the princes of their, their various tribes, Roshay Alpha Yisraelahim, they are the heads of thousands of Jewish people. Rashi quotes those words, these are those called before the nation, and as Mefarish explains that it means These are the people who are called for all important roles within the community. What's he telling us? Amongst all the various commentators, there are two approaches to explain what Rashi wants to do. One is Aleph. Rashi Rashi wants to discard the thinking as we shall need learn and we shouldn't learn as Kru Eha meant. That Kru Eha implies as they rufen to zamen de'eda that they are the people who summon the community together for important events or gatherings. And Rashi would say that cannot be the explanation because that's not the prestige of the Nasim, the people who call everybody the big PA system, you know, the public address system. Bayes, there's another way, another school of thought that says, the word Kru'eda implies that these are people who are called out of the community to serve. Because that also doesn't make sense. We're going to say these prestigious individuals, they're the ones who are called on the Eida, Zainan Divas, Kurem, Goizrim, and the community is the ones who are calling them, who kind of have authority to instruct them what to do. Divas, Rufen, Dinisim, Kiridiaidas, Hechafun, Dinisim, which would imply that the nation is greater than its leaders. And according to that school of thought, the Rebbe is Rashi Meforish, Azos made Hani Kroim Lechot Vach Shiva Sheba that actually Kruei Ha'eda means that these are the people who are called forward for all the important issues in the community. Zeverin Taka Gerufen, yes, they are called. Efshari Chalidei Ha'eda, maybe even they're called by the members of the community. Abarevan Eitz of a Tikkun, but they're called for advice or to assist. Whenever the, the community needs something or may come to need something, these are the people we call on. They're, so to speak, the guidance team. Okay, so we have two schools of thought. Either Rashi is concerned that we think that the Nasim's job is to call, or we think that it might be a little bit disrespectful to them that they get summoned. Thing is, neither of these explanations seems to fit with Rashi's actual words. Let's go with the first explanation. <coughs> first opinion is, don't mistake the word Kru'e and think they call instead of are called. Then Rashi should have only quoted that word, the word you might misinterpret. And say, Kru'e means those who are called, rather than the way you would have mistakenly thought, those who call. Besides that, if actually what Rashi wants to remove from our thinking is the possibility of another interpretation, that Kruay means they are the ones who call the community, and somehow the fact that they're the ones who summon the community would tell us their greatness, then... And Rashi has to say that's not their greatness. Their greatness does not 
constitute their ability to call the nation, but rather something else, that they are called to guide the nation on important issues, is thus it moving. Even that doesn't make sense. What's wrong with that explanation? It is actually a sign of greatness. Look at this example. We're talking about calling the people together so we can do a census. Who is doing it in the, this explanation? If you thought that Kruay means they call, the Nasim are summoning the nation. Okay, well then the Nasim are obviously the authority. They're obviously the important people. They're telling everybody to come and everybody has to listen. What's wrong with that? Why would Rashi be showing it? So therefore we must conclude that the reason Rashi does not want to explain Kru as the Nasim have the job of calling the people is It's not because something about calling the people is objectionable. No, but it must be because the word doesn't lend itself to that meaning. And if that's the case, Kruay meant as a meant as a very girufen, nit as a rufen, the aid or means they are called rather than they call. Back to square one, isn't it moving? See vast after Sashabhal Shailozain does Dach Movin me atzmoy. Well, Krue means those who are called. That's something everybody should know. And the second explanation, which is that you shouldn't think it's disrespectful that they're being called by the nation. Also doesn't make sense. In the Teichem von Kruya is not ungedeit as the Nikroim seine Niederike. There's nothing about being called for a meeting or to a particular event that indicates that you are the lesser person because you're being called. Mitzadem was a very gerufen. Fundi Kairim. How does that show us that you're somehow lowly? You, you call on the people you need for advice. So why would Rashi reject that particular explanation? could be the reason we're calling on them is because they're important. Why is it automatic? Because we're calling on them, they're less important. Okay, before we can get to that, let's go further. Next Pasuk. The Pasuk says, The Moshe and Aaron took these people who were specified by name. So Rashi takes those words, these men. Listen to what he says. On his Mephoresh. Who are these men? The twelve Nesim. Okay, who else would they be? And then he takes the words that the men who were specified, and explains, Loi, that was specified for him, can hear Bashemos by name. What's going on? What's Rashi telling us? The fact that the Pasuk used what seems to be a longer way of saying something. Moshe Aaron took these men. Instead of saying Moshe Aaron took them, because we are talking about them, that we're in the middle of talking about the Nesim, so we know who them would be. You might have thought, extra words, maybe made you think, maybe we're talking about somebody else. Not the same 12 Nesim we were just talking about before. 
Oh, and Ashenik for Beshemois, and the fact that they were listed by name, which the Pasuk says, meant under a mention, was the Ibish to Hotnik of Givenzer and Emmons and Moshe Abena Frib and Mokimacher. And maybe we're talking about other people who the Ibish gave their names to Moshe elsewhere on another occasion. Therefore, is Rashi does show you, Rashi wants to ensure that we don't misinterpret the Pasuk that way. Rashi clarifies who are we talking about over here when we say those men, those same men we've just been talking about, the 12 Nisim. Uh, and what does it mean that they were named? Not elsewhere, nor Loikan. They were named to Moshe here. So Moshe undorfenart. That's all the Mephorshim want to explain it. Is that an acceptable explanation, easy to accept explanation? Not so posh it. It's really difficult to imagine. That had Rashi not assisted us with his communication, his interpretation. We would have somehow thought this Pasuk, in the middle of a whole long discussion about these 12 Nisim, who would have ever thought that these men actually doesn't mean these men? Other people besides the one that the Torah had listed now. And you think that the Pasuk would refer to other people and not tell us who they are? Only give us some tenuous hint at who they are. Those men who are listed by name. Without telling us who you're talking about. Rashi has to come and explain to us that actually that's now not how you should understand the Pasuk. Who would have ever understood the Pasuk that way? Before reading the Sikha, did it enter our minds that that's who we were talking about? Before reading the Mepharshim Rashi, did it enter our minds that we were talking about somebody other than the people here in context, in the, the 12 Nasim? Can't be what Rashi is telling us. Under the Mepharshim Lenin, there are other Mepharshim we want to suggest, as Rashi is don't need to as does went under a mention. There are Mepharshim who say, no, Rashi is not trying to explain to us, don't think it's other people, because it can't be other people. No, in rather, Rashi is helping us to understand something we need to understand about the Psukim themselves. The fact that the Pasuk says that, uh, that Aaron and Moshe took these men, makes it sound like they are just men. We're not highlighting the fact that they were selected or elected to this particular position because they are Nasim. And therefore Rashi is to say, don't be misled by the word Anoshim to think that they're ordinary civilians. They are the Nesim. That they were taken, these 12 people were taken and appointed now as the Nesim of the, of the tribes who are going to lead this census. But we still have a question if that's the explanation of Rashi. Why Taka does the Torah not call them Nesim? Why does it switch suddenly to Anoshim, ordinary people? And then we need Rashi to fill in the gaps and explain to us that Anoshim is not just Anoshim, it's actually Nesim? Why? To answer these questions about Rashi's interpretation, we actually have to look at other things about the flow of the Psukim over here that don't really seem to make sense. Aleph, two things in particular we're going to focus on. Number one, the two Psukim, the first one that says these are the people who are called 
from the nation or for the nation. And then Moshe and Aaron took these people. Both Psukim seem to be superfluous. Let's look at the first one. At the beginning of this conversation, the Torah tells us, They will be with you, one representative of each tribe, each one the head of their particular contingent. So why does the Pasuk have to tell us again? These same people. Why do we have to know that? You just told me. These are the people who are going to lead each one their tribe. And the second Pasuk is even more difficult to understand what it's telling us. Early on, at the beginning of the parasha, Debesha tells Moshe and Aaron to take these Nasim, right? Just a couple of psukim earlier. Now you have to tell me that they actually did it? That they have to have the Nasim accompany them to do this census? Think about it. There are dozens of occasions where Debesha tells Moshe to do something and then doesn't tell us afterwards, and he did it. Well, says, moving me out, it's self-explanatory. Obviously, if they wish told me to do it, he did it. I feel like the Apostle Vildum is a time for it, and as much as I have become given to the Akadosh Baruch Hu before. Now, let's even assume that there is a reason why the Torah had to tell us here that Moshe and Aaron actually did what Hashem instructed them. Then, Vold given genug to Zogon, Vayasu, Chay Moshe Aaron. There's a much simpler, shorter way to say it. And they did so, as they were told. Or just simply say, they took those people. Why does the Torah have to say, they took the people who were mentioned by name? Like as if we have to know which men they took. Surely that is self-explanatory. And then there's something else about the whole flow of the Pesukim that doesn't make sense. Base. The whole way in which the Ebesha speaks to Moshe doesn't seem to flow easily. After the Ebesha tells Moshe, together with you to do the census, there should be representatives of each of the Shvatim. Then the These are the names of the people who should stand with you. For Ruven, it's etc. And then the Torah gives us each name individually. Now, the Torah tells us when this conversation happened. The first of year in the second year. It's one month after they put up the Mishkan. One month earlier, these same 12 people representing the Shvatim each brought a carbon to inaugurate the Mishkan. Why does Debeshta now say, and these are their names? As if Debeshta is telling Moshe their names for the very first time. Moshe knew their names. We knew their names from the Parashat Sanasim at the time of the Mishkan. So why are you telling us the names again now? As if it's this grand reveal. 
When the Pasuk says these are their names, it's not just the Pasuk telling us. Okay, if it was just listing the names, you could say maybe because we were not given their names earlier. So we're actually only going to see their names ready for the first time in Pashas Nasa. Okay, fine. So the Torah is telling us their names because we don't know their names yet. But that's not what's happening here. It's the Abish speaking to Moshe. He's telling Moshe, these are the men who will stand with you. You know who the Nesim are because you were there at Chanukah Samishka. You were there. You know who the people were. Maybe we haven't read their names yet. Fine. We're only going to get to it in Pashas Nasa. And Moshe knows their names. It's these questions that Rashi wants to address. Therefore, Zokta Rashi, Kru Eho Eida. Rashi says, What does Kru Eho Eida mean? Those who are called for all important matters of the community. Rashi is telling us that the Nasim, who already had a role to play, are now being designated with a new role, which they did not fulfill before this. And those, and to understand what that role is, let's look at what Rashi explained earlier. Even Commenting on the Pasuk where Hashem tells Moshe, these people, the heads of the Shvatim, will be with you to do the census. As Rashi, Rashi explains as follows. When you have to count the Yidin, then you, uh, then you, together with you, you will have a representative of each Shevet. It would seem simply that Rashi is telling us over there. Why were the Nasim together with Moshe and Aaron doing the census of the Jewish people? Is not for the reason you think. You think the Nasi of Ruvain is there to represent Ruvain. So he'll do the census of Ruvain. And the Nasi of Shimon will do the census of Shimon. Rashi is telling us a huge chidosh over here that actually the head of each shevet was involved in the census of all the shvatim including the others. Rashi gets it out of the words of the posuk. They will be with you. It doesn't say you and Aaron will count them together with their representatives, their leaders. And the Mephoshim spell this out. But rather, they're going to be with you, implying throughout the whole process. So we need to understand. Why? Why would this be? What is the connection between Nasi Ruvain and the census of Shimon? He's not responsible for them. He's not their representative. He's not their Nasi. Why is he counting them? We understand why Moshe and Aaron have to be involved in the entire census across the board because they're the primary leaders of the entire nation. Moshe is the Golan Manig and Aaron is the King Godel. Right? Moshe is the one who took them out of Mitzrayim and is now their leader and Aaron is their spiritual representative in the, as the King Godel of everybody. So we get it, why Moshe and Aaron have to be involved in the census of all of the, 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 the Jewish people, all of the Shvatim. But in But each Nasi, his responsibility is purely to his Shevet. 
Und mit dem hat ein Ort zum Schatten seine Jederin von sie in dem Minion von seinem Shevet. So Logic says, involve the representative of this Shevet in the counting of this Shevet. And nothing more, nothing less. Mit dem Quellischer Nossi, that would be the dignity of this Nossi. Let's respect him and let him be involved in the census of his, of his uh, Shevet. Oder weil er hat gedacht, was Städtiken als der Gezelte gehört zu seinem Schäfer. Or maybe it's his responsibility to make sure that everybody who's on the census belongs on the census of his Schäfer. He knows his people. Es kann sein, dass er sofort wegen dem Jechus von Aiden wird er sniftet durch dem Nossi. So we're not sure, is this guy from the Schäfer or not? Ask that Nossi, he'll tell you, he belongs to my Schäfer. Or he doesn't belong to my Schäfer. That makes sense. But was war ein Scheich, als ob der Nossi zu der anderen Schäfer Israel? What's the connection between this individual Nossi and all the other Jews? Which would be a reason to engage him in counting the other Jews. What That's what the Ebishta says. That these are people who are called for the nation. Meaning, Hashem has now allocated to them a new designation. Now, in addition to the fact that this individual is the representative of that specific Shevet, they have now been designated with a new role, which is to be called for all important matters of the entire nation. They are now connected with and have a responsibility to the entire nation, not only their own tribe. That's an incredible, uh, an incredible insight that Rashi is giving us over here, that they are now not just Nasim as we knew them, they are now people who are part of the board that is responsible for the entire Jewish community. That will explain why when the Pasuk describes who these Nisim are, it doesn't just say that they are the princes representatives of their specific Shavuotim, but rather Roshay Alpha Yisrael Him. They are the heads of thousands of Jews. Surely, all that's relevant for the conversation is that they represent their Shvatim. Why is it important for us to know that each one of them is responsible for thousands of Jews? It's because the Pasuk over here wants to highlight the unique greatness of these personalities. And it's because of that greatness they deserve to be those called by and for the nation. And that's why they deserve to be incorporated into the process of the census of the entire Jewish people because they're actually that important. In fact, you can understand this in a more geschmack way when you appreciate the expression the heads of thousands of Jews. What does that mean? We know that in that hierarchy that Yisrael helped Moshe Rabbeinu to create in the, in the Jewish community. So there's Sari Alofim, Sari Ameis, Sari Chamishim, Sari Asores. They're people who are responsible for 10, for 50, for 100, for 1,000 people. So Sari Alofim means those who are in charge of those who are responsible for a thousand people. When you actually look at the census, there was no tribe that had a perfectly round number of people. There were a few thousand and a few hundreds. So there's all these extra hundreds kind of lying around who don't belong to Sorei Alofim. 
They don't have, because you'd imagine that each tribe has its people who are in charge of groups by the thousands. So what about the, the extras, the remainders, who are not part of the thousand? So in order to round off the figures so that you have groups of thousands who belong to their particular leaders, sometimes you had a group together, uh, 300 from here, 300 from there, 400 from there, to get a thousand people who would then have their sar ha'alofim over them. So now you get it. The Nasim, whose job it is to oversee those people who are responsible for the groups of thousands. So the Nasi, who is responsible for the people who are responsible for a thousands, actually now has a direct connection and responsibility for people who are not from their tribe. So that's actually part of what the Torah is telling us over here. We're expanding out the responsibility of the Nasim that it's not only for their own group, but they're actually responsible for all Eden. This explains why we now get the names of these Nasim. Because we already know previously. Is the when the Ebishter appoints somebody to a position, and whenever the Ebishter appoints somebody, the Ebishter also then empowers the person. How does Hashem appoint somebody to a position? By calling their name. Where did we learn that? The Ebishter says, I called B'Tzalel by name, then I filled him with the wherewithal that he needed, the spirit of Hashem that he needed in order to run the Mishkan project. But there's a many done. Similar things happening here. The fact that the Ebishter tells the names of the Nasim to Moshe, who already knows that these are the Nasim. Why does Hashem call their names? By saying their names, the Ebishter is giving them a new position, a new designation they never had before. What is their new designation? They're now the people called for all important things for the entire community, from the ganze Eide canal. With that perspective, now that we understand what's going on over here, that this is an upgrade really for the Nasim and an expansion of their responsibilities beyond just their Shevet. They now have all important issues for the entire community they're answerable to. That helps us understand the next Pasuk, which is, Moshe and Aaron took those men who were listed by name. Because what's just happened is that the Nasim have been designated with a new role and imbued with a new set of koiches by Hashem. Therefore, so Moshe and Aaron now have to kind of re-induct them into their new position of those who are called in addition to the fact that they've already been physically appointed as the representatives of the tribe, they have to take them again now and physically appoint them as the representatives of the entire nation. That's what Rashi is telling us when he says, These men, these 12 Nasim, who now were given to Moshe again by name. Don't read this that Rashi has a Dibra Maschil and then a different Dibra Maschil. 
It's one commentary that Rashi is giving us. In other words, Rashi is Rashi is using words out of the Pasuk and interspersing into those words his, his commentary and explanation. And it should read as follows. Words from the Pasuk, these men, means the twelve Nesim. Asher Nikvu, words from the Pasuk who were mentioned, Loi to Moshe, can at this moment, Beshemus by name. So now we know these men who are now given their new designation. The Midbar Vorente Rashi is illustrating to us, Nit Kipiru Shama Nalas, we made Nit under a mention, not like the Mephoshim wanted to say, Moshe wants, uh, sorry, Rashi wants us to be clear that it is the Nasim in this Pasuk and not some other random people. That's not what Rashi is doing. Rashi is explaining what happened when Moshe and Aaron took these Nasim at this point. Rashi is telling us, who are the men taken here? The same 12 people who were already Nasim. But this particular moment of Moshe and Aaron taking them, is not just taking them, let's go do the job of counting the Yidden, it's taking them into a new role. It's because here they were renamed or called into a position by name. They're already known as Nasim from before. The cup is now These people who already have the role of Nasim, these people are now being given a new designation. On the far state in Pasuk of Eichach, Moshe Varen, that's why the Pasuk doesn't say that Moshe and Aaron took the Nasim, it says, took those men. The fact that Moshe and Aaron here take the Nasim with them to be part of the census is not because they are the Nasim, therefore automatically they deserve to be part of the census. It's more than that. Because that would have just been, oh well, you represent your Shevet, so you've got to be part of the census of your Shevet. Now also Anoshim Ho'ele, the Pasuk wants to emphasize, no, they're coming with to the census because these are these men or dimension. Oyechal's Kru Ho'ede, who are the people you call on for important communal matters. I'll mention Oyez Gitelta from the Gansa'ede, people who are distinct from the rest of the nation because they're the ones you call in for big issues. So it's a beautiful explanation, but we haven't yet ironed out every crease. Safe, safe. Okay, it's beautiful. And we understand now that the Nasim were given a new role, which extends to all of the Yidden. Question is why? Why is it important that the Nasi of a specific Shevet should undertake responsibility for the rest of the Yidden? And therefore you had to kind of rename the people or re-establish the people. And now we have to expand out the responsibility so that it's not only to their own group, but it's to everybody. When you think about it, it really doesn't seem to make sense. Because census is something which is obviously very broad, and involves the entire Jewish nation equally. And therefore it does make sense that who should be involved in or run the census, those who connect to the entire nation as a whole. Okay, that makes sense. 
is genug as the minions all durch geführt werden wie die Friedrich Minionen durch Moshe allein. Okay. Well, if you need somebody who links to the entire nation, nobody's better than Moshe. And we have other censuses that happened before this. Moshe ran them alone, and that was good enough. Should it should be good enough over here? If you want to expand the people who are running the census, include Aaron Akoin because he also represents the entire Jewish people. And if we're looking at somehow acknowledging the uniqueness of each Shevet, and therefore you want the Nesim, because yeah, we don't just have a broad census, but it's a census that accounts for the specific numbers within each Shevet. As the Pasuk says, we have to know how many there are in each family and each father's uh, lineage. Maybe that's the reason why you need the individual Nassim there, because you have to concentrate on the individual value of each Shevet. Well, if that's the case, then why does each Nasi have to relate to the rest of the community? Oh, you focus on the value of the entire community, then you just need Moshe, the representative of the entire community. If you need to know the value of each indiv- individual Shevet, then you need the Nasi of each Shevet, but then as the representative only of his Shevet, not necessarily of the whole community. It doesn't seem to make sense. As the Bir Boze, the explanation is as follows. The Indian for Minyan is Belashain Rashi. Rashi has already told us why there is a census in the first place. It's not that the Ebishter doesn't know how many of us there are, but it's Lahidia Chibosan Chuli. The intention of a census is to show how beloved we are to Hashem. The Shaloh explains beautifully, when you count something, it's an halachic principle, it turns that thing into something which is more important. So you count the Yidin, they become a more important entity. An entity in halacha, or something which is counted by number, rather than, let's say, by weight or by size, of a made bottle cannot be sublimated, cannot be overrun by other things. So counting the unit makes us really important and valuable. So if the purpose of counting the unit is to illustrate how, uh, how, how beloved we are to Hashem, there's two ways that could happen. The earlier censuses, where all the Yidin were just counted as a single entity, without considering the unique Shvatim. The objective of all of those censuses was to show that the Ebershah loves us all equally. There's no separation, division, no uniqueness, everybody the same. And that really speaks to the essence of our neshama, where everybody is essentially the same. When you're looking at the essence of our neshama, there's nothing to distinguish one Jew from another. Our parashas are different senses. The meaning for our parasha is so take it a step further. Not only are we beloved because our neshama, in essence, is pure and holy and part of Hashem, and that's equal to all Jews. This census is to say you're beloved because of who you, the individual, is. And every one of us is unique. When we start to drill down into the specific traits of individuals, no two people have the same. That's why in this census we need to know the tally of each tribe uniquely. Because 
Because at the end of the day, you know what's different between each shevet? Each shevet has a lifestyle. Each shevet has an approach to learning Torah. Each shevet has a different means of earning a living. Each shevet was unique. Have a look at the brachas that Yaakov gives to the Shvatim. You see, they're all blessed with different things. And Rashi explains what those different things are. So if the way that they conduct their lives is different, naturally the way they serve Hashem will also be different from one Shavit to the next. In the broadest sense, it's the 12 major channels of how the Jewish nation serves Hashem. Reuven Davoya von Ru'u, Re'ia, Shimon, Shmia, Unazoi Vaitelach, Dr. Reb explains in the Kota Torah that, uh, in Torah Or, that Reuven is where you have this clarity of seeing the Debishta, Shimon is where you learn and come to understand Shmia, etc. Afpichain is euch bei jedem Minion, jeder id gerechen geworden als einer, nicht mehr und nicht weinsiger. And yet, even though this is a consensus that concentrates on the unique value and talents of each individual, nobody's sum of their talents equals more value as a Jew than the next person. So this person might be brilliant at Torah learning, and that person is a merchant. Every Jew equates to one. That tells us something really important, discussed elsewhere. As in dominion is That when you come to counting, there is a common thread that applies equally to all people. Even though we're all divided into our unique streams and places and focuses and priorities, there's something about us that equates us all. That tells you that this census is paradoxical. Because in spite of the fact that this is a time you count the Jews by focusing on their specific, unique contributions, where everybody is obviously different, as we've mentioned, you have those people who are more, they have talents or values that are of a higher grade, they're the leaders, etc., and then that hot more and by comparison, they kind of have a greater role in the society than the people who have simpler roles, cutting wood, drawing water. So when you look from that perspective, it doesn't make sense that everybody should be counted on the same scale. These people are make a massive leadership difference. These people provide the, the wood for fire. That's the paradox. You're focusing on the uniqueness of each person, of, of each individual, and at the same time, you're seeing that each person has an absolute value. So how, do, how do you get that paradox to work? When we focus on counting it and looking at their specific value and traits, it's not just because we want to be able to illustrate the uniqueness of each individual. What we want to say is put all those uniquenesses together and you'll create something massive. Yes, everybody is an individual, but everybody's individual contribution to the bigger picture is the same. In other words, the bigger picture requires the heel as much as it requires the heart. The bigger picture requires the woodchopper as much as it requires the leader. 
Punkt wie die Kämer Schlemmer von ankommen zum Meiles Harech, weil man gedeiht, der Griechen ihr Schlemmer ist, also muss sie ankommen zum Meiles Harech. Right? If a person wants to be a whole person, they have to have a brain that works perfectly and a foot that works perfectly. Und der Fall wird jeder gezählt gleich als Sehner, weil in Maschlem sein, dem Klau sein und alle gleich. And that's why we can count everybody as equals, because when we're looking to the contribution that everybody makes holistically to the bigger whole, everybody has an equal value to share. That explains why the individual representatives of each Shevet had to take responsibility to the overall counting of all of the people. They had to be the people who were called to represent the important issues of the whole nation. Because we need to illustrate that when you're counting the individuals who make up the individual families, who make up the individual shvatim, you have to at the same time be able to notice that they're all part of something greater than their individuality. We can't look at individuals with all of their milas. Simply as individuals, we have to appreciate and, and understand that their milas contribute to the greater whole and that is the greatness of the Jewish people. So what's the parasha teaching us? Celebrate and recognize the value that each individual brings to the table and recognize that every person's value, no matter how much it may mean to us or not, is equally important to the community being a whole community.